Hello and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 124. I'm Schmitty. I'm Stark. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zook, and we come to you, well, we're just flying right through August, aren't we? Already the second episode of August. August? Well, the fact that August is here scares me. I know, you know what that means. That means you only have a couple more weeks to get your tickets for Salt Lake Comic Con. New guest announced? True. Many new guests guests have been announced. But this one is particularly dear and near to our hearts because uh, Dan Farr, a couple episodes ago, hinted on our show first that we may be seeing David Prowse at the con, and we are. Sweet. Also, Stark now has emphysema. (laughs) Mildly unrelated news. Uh, Again, you want to go to saltlakecomiccon.com, like, now and get tickets if you haven't already. Uh, make sure you get uh, the three-day pass, because really, you know, why not? It's the best deal of all of them, and it comes with some extra perks and bonuses. It's at the Downtown Salt Palace in Salt Lake City, Utah, 5th, 6th, and 7th of September, uh, saltlakecomiccon.com. Come stop by. We'll be at booth J12, and we want to see you as well. We'll be Maybe just, get you on the air. We'll be just down the road from the Weta Workshop. Yeah, exactly. Um, hey, uh, some special news here before we get into the sponsors. Uh, from the headlines of StolenDroids.com, we have decided to open up the site. If you're not friends with us on Facebook, you probably missed the headline. But we are opening up the site to all contributors. That means if you have ever registered on the site, you can contribute your own blog posts. Uh, if you haven't, go ahead and register. You can write whatever you want. Uh, subject to editor approval, we is, we're opening up the site to be kind of a, a dump space for everyone. If you have some geeky stuff that your friends or your family just don't want on their blog or people don't want to see on your Facebook, now you have a place you can put it. If your wife won't let you post anything on the family blog. My question is how many uh, Russian and Chinese spammers are we going to get You know, at telling us that this site is great and come by dehydrated deer parts. We have that already, don't we? We just don't allow them on. (laughs) Yeah, we already have that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering how many more will actually like write full full, um, ads now for us. Well, you know, so long as they actually have something geeky to say, you know. (laughs) I I'm, I'm a normal, I'm a prince that's been deposed and my father was the minister. I come to you because I've told you in no great confidence to move money. Also, I'm really upset about the idea of Indiana Jones 5. <laughs> hey, hey, you're skipping ahead, you're skipping ahead. <laughs> All right. Well, into our sponsors. Uh, we want to thank our friends over at trekradio.net, cryptonradio.com, openbookaudio.com, and stitcher.com. And of course, our friends at solidcomicon.com. Uh, thanks to the, to the trekradio.net people. They were really accommodating to me, trying to get me down to Vegas. Um, if you do get a chance to get down there, or if you were down there, please, I hope you went and saw the uh, Starship Bridge uh, setup that they had set up down there in the dealer's room. Yeah, they recreated the bridge from the Enterprise D. With they've been working on restoring sets. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they they've been live streaming it. Oh. <laughs> it, it. It's been kind of um, it's been kind of oh, I don't know what to what word to use. I, I feel a bit like a voyeur or a stalker, but I'm watching the live stream, watching people. I'm like, don't don't sit on that. Don't sit on that. You're gonna ruin it. No, don't do that. Don't. Oh, that's Michelle Nichols. She can sit on that. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah, that's right. Cross your legs. Okay. All right. Sorry. Now we're really no. getting weird. Okay. <laughs> just, 
just yeah, come on, relive the whole fatal attraction scene right there in the captain's chair. Boy, it's a good thing you guys can't see the cameras. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm pretty sure we're going to have a TrekRadio.net listener who's going, that was me. <laughs> Whoa. Anyway, <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> Send your complaints to feedback at soulandroids.com. Hey, into our headlines, uh, really odd news week in that not much news happened this week. But like we still had a anywhere. Lot. Yeah, Comcast uh, has decided that they don't really like the six-strike model anymore. Uh, we mentioned this uh, beginning of the year, actually. It was this kind of new and interesting way that I thought might actually do something, but it's a six-strike-you're-out policy on illegal downloads and piracy. Every time, it would send you a fairly more annoying message, and by the sixth time, you were pretty much shut out. Basically, the idea was it gave everyone the option that if it wasn't you who was actually downloading, then you had plenty of time to get these notices and get it taken care of before they just go out after you immediately. Well, of course, no one has seen anything happen. Piracy hasn't decreased at all, as we kind of knew it wouldn't. And so Comcast wants to take instead that six-strike-you're-out policy and instead make it six-strikes you pay now, with the how, idea that uh, the idea of going that? that uh, well they can track what it is that you think they think you're downloading um most people who do pirate use BitTorrent to do so and when you BitTorrent, it is by no means secure or safe in fact your ip address for as long as you are torrenting the file or and as long as you're seeding it yeah your ip address is broadcast to everyone and anyone well, if that IP address can be traced back to Comcast and then to an individual subscriber, Comcast can mail that subscriber and say, look, they tracked you. They had your IP address. They knew you were downloading this movie. You're busted. But here is an option where you can now pay for the rental fee through either one of Comcast's own services or buy it off of iTunes or Amazon. So is this I, a bribe us and we won't turn you in thing? <laughs> That's a good way of looking at it. That is actually a really good way of looking at it. But I think that it's actually a really smart idea because one of the chief reasons that we've talked about people that do pirate, why they pirate, is because of availability. So if Comcast is going and saying, hey, this file that you just downloaded is available from these sources, you know, I, I think that that could actually go a long way a lot better than throttling someone and shutting them down what happens if the so what happens if the file or the, or the show is not available on any of the sources then they no, just shut you off <laughs> typically those ones don't come after you well like okay for example condor man condor man is only available through the, the movie club D, uh, disney movie club dvd it's not on streaming anything else how would I get it other than I, Disney Movie Club? I don't know. I, Maybe they. I'm pop. pretty sure when Comcast was making these rules, they did not take Condor Man into consideration. <laughs> well, you know, it's possible though that they could pop up and say, "Hey, this file that you're downloading isn't available in a lot of places, but it is available here. Sign up for the Disney DVD Movie Club. We get twenty percent of referral." <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. That's the problem. It's in, it's in the vault right now, so you can't get it right now. If you wanted to legally go get Condor Man right now, 
You can't. Unless someone is selling it on, you know, your local classifieds or on eBay, um, or if you still have a Blockbuster around, which probably, you know. Blockbuster, <laughs> Blockbuster. I used to remember what a Blockbuster was. Guys, <laughs> I just had an inspiration strike. I see the light bulb over his head. Truly. I know who's going to be in Avengers 2. Condor Man. Condor Man. <laughs> Show title! <laughs> the Lost Avenger. Condor Man. They own Marvel now. They can do it. Yes. And he's not doing Phantom of the Opera anymore, so he could come back. <laughs> oh, jeez. Avengers is going to turn like into like Kingdom Hearts or something, where just a member of every one of their franchises is in Avengers. On, on the Avengers. <laughs> I, I'm just having Patton Oswalt's Star Wars, Avengers, everything crossing through my mind here. All of a sudden, Condor Man busts in, singing the Phantom of the Opera soundtrack. They'll be fine. They'll, they'll be fine as long as they don't bring in Aquaman. Every. <laughs> Well, well Aquaman's DC, so he's safe. Plus, he sucks. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just imagining like, uh, I'm just imagining like there's Tony Stark's heads up display, and out of nowhere, you just kind of see a light cycle go along the bottom of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <Wow>. sorry. <laughs> Into other properties that seem to expand too much, and me kind of jumping the gun earlier. And if it seems like we're jumping around on headlines, it's because. We are. Yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, rumors have come out this week of Indiana Jones 5. The Final Frontier. We'll just... yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is the one where Indiana Jones takes a starship to go pick up God in the center of the galaxy. Directed by William Shatner. <laughs> you know, my first thought when I, when I heard this was, please, no, Indiana Jones 4 just completely ruined the franchise for me. But then I stopped and I thought, Lucas doesn't own Indiana Jones anymore. Disney does. And Disney doesn't treat these properties lightly. They don't screw them over. So if we were to get an Indiana Jones 5, it could actually potentially be good. After the disaster known as Highlander 2, The Sickening, um, they did a Highlander 3, and I remember watching it in the theater, and the entire time I was watching it, it, it seemed like the one, one phrase kept running through my mind. Yes, we can make a good movie. Here's our apology. I'm wondering if Indiana Jones 5 is going to be the apology for the Crystal Skull. That's the uh, title, it, it, Indiana Jones and the Giant Apology. <laughs> <laughs> The search, for ancient, giant apology. the search for the giant apology. It's an ancient Disney artifact. It's like under a, it's like under an even Stevens um, <laughs> archive vault. Inside uh, yeah, of a so, refrigerator. <laughs> so there, we'll so have to th see. that is a rumor that's happened. Yeah, we'll have to see how this goes. So. Hey, you know, let, let's uh, let's talk about other movie rumors right now, actually, while we're on it. Um, rumors have also come out this week from two different sources about possible actors coming out in the new Batman Superman, the Versus uh, movie that's been talked about after Comic-Con. Now, obviously, Comic-Con just ended, you know, a week and a half ago, a week ago. And uh, because they just announced these headlines, everyone's jumping on it, trying to speculate who could be who or what could be what. I'm sure there's people out there who have written the entire script to the Batman Superman movie, even though it hasn't even started. But these two rumors actually carry some credible weight here. 
And I would like to believe him because it'd be pretty cool. Now, they've talked about having in the movie, even if he's not the main baddie, uh, Lex Luthor. He was hinted at in Man of Steel, and he would make a good foil. You know, kind of, he's, he's kind of the Bruce Wayne industrialist, but he's also the villain against Superman, so it just makes sense. They've talked about Brian Cranston being high on the studio's list to play Lex Luthor. Oh, is that the guy from Breaking Bad and Malcolm in the Middle? Yes. Yes. Heisenberg. Oh, he'd be awesome. Well, he, uh, it depends. I think he'd be awesome as like season two Breaking Bad, Heisenberg. Season five, he's a little bit too far gone to play (laughs) an intro to Lex Luthor, you know? Yeah, that is true. But but Season no, I th- three. I think he'd be you know not not early Walter White, but once he once he finally starts Breaking Bad, for lack of a better term, um, that that could be that could be a good cast. Th- th- think just before the pizza throw. Yeah, yeah. Pre pizza throw, Walter White. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, who are they talking for? A- Bruce Wayne. That should actually be a t-shirt. How crazy am I? I throw pizzas on roofs. Uh, they're talking Josh Brolin as Batman Bruce Wayne. Oh. Now, at first, I was like, I, I don't think so. But this would actually fit pretty well. He's uh, he. They're looking at maybe doing a 40-ish Batman, an older Batman by this point, an established older Batman. He's got the profile. And I know that sounds dumb, I'm a huge Batman fan, and whenever they talk about an actor for Batman, the first thing I do is I imagine them in profile, and I imagine how their jaw would look in the mask. That's that's how it is with every superhero. Yeah, almost, yeah. And he's got it. He could do it. Well, he's a good now, actor, if too. Could then, if they could dub him, then, with uh, Kevin Conroy, that would be better. But. Oh, why don't they just get Kevin Conroy? He's, he doesn't look like he sounds. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Let's just put but, it that way. But if he's he, in a mask, he what's it matter, really? And if he's playing an older Batman, older Bruce Wayne, it could work. Kevin Conroy looks like three shades from, you know, being in a walker Batman. Yeah. He, hey, they were talking about taking from Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> you, Cricket. No, nobody, nobody could see it, but Zook's eyebrows just did a little dance as he was pondering I, that statement. I, I, well, you know, he had a magical knee brace in the last movie. He I did. guess anything's possible. <laughs> By the way, we found this ring from a lost movie. It turns your entire body into a CGI effect. Ooh. You'll you'll be green the entire time, but you'll still be Batman. So, all right, we have a, a new trailer from Thor: The Dark World. Uh, and I'm going to eat my words. I previously said on the Scam Show podcast uh, on, on Squishy's Comics and Movies that I didn't really understand why they kept making more Thor movies because Thor was kind of the weakest of the standalones. Uh, and then this trailer came out, and I'm eating crow because even if it is the weakest of the standalones, it still looks really good. I'll tell you, it, it looks does. a lot better than Iron Man 3. Yeah, Iron Man 3 was a bit of a letdown. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked Iron Man three, but I, I agree that this third Thor looks really, really good. I'm really excited. second, second, second one. Sorry, <laughs> I'm. Uh, I'll go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Admittedly, Avengers was kind of Thor one point five. Yeah. 
and it was t- it was Iron Man three. Iron Man three was actually Iron Man three point five after the Avengers. Yeah, it gets yeah. confusing. It's comics. Uh, they've talked but no, about Thor. Uh, Thor looks amazing. It, it looks really really good, actually. I almost wish they'd take him out of the Avengers and just do an entire Thor mythology without worrying about. And that is actually something I've noticed that has kind of screwed things up is that Marvel did such a good job about linking everything together that you watch it going, okay, how does this, and maybe that's one of the reasons why Iron Man 3 felt really like a letdown because you're watching it going, how does this fit in with the bigger picture? Where, you know, how is this going with the rest of the Avengers? How does this tie in with what we've seen? And it, doesn't need to actually yeah it doesn't need to but you can tell they're trying really hard to keep that con- continuity and i i think you're right i think it's kind of taking the the, the speciality out of each of the mm-hmm. each of the superheroes yeah they they can be good enough to stand on their own captain america the first avenger that was an awesome standalone movie just by itself it didn't even need the Avengers. They could have left that entire thing out. He could have really died at the end, and it still would have been a great movie. So, yep. maybe this one will kind of rekindle that spark that these movies can stand alone, and they'll be good. Um, okay, let's. What should we do next? Um, <laughs> Flip a coin. Windows phone. Windows phone hacking thingy. Windows phone hacking thingy. Okay, so Windows phone, of which uh, there is only one person who uses it, and that's evidently me. I take that back, actually. Um, listen, looking at our statistics, at least two other people out there in the world also listen to our podcast on Windows phones. Maybe it's on accident. I don't know. Um, but a vulnerability has surfaced from Microsoft that people could use a rogue access point that looks like a known access point, get your phone to try and connect to it, and use that to hack your domain credentials. They're not going to fix it because that's a really specific list of requirements and it would only ever count against people who have added their phones to the domain, which only affects Windows phones because only Windows phones can be added to domains. Hmm. Yeah, this is a very specific vulnerability that uh, it's, it's almost like a, it's a security vulnerability that only happens one out of a million times. It has to be a very targeted attack. And mm-hmm. so if it does happen to you, it's because someone's targeting you. And really, who's who with a Windows phone is important enough to be targeted. So I don't know if we <laughs> really, need to worry about it. <laughs> really, maybe it was just your time. <laughs> it was just your time. It was just your time. That's what I'm going to tell all my clients. It's just your time. Sorry. (laughs) I could fix you, but really, it's just going to happen again. It was just meant to be, you know, works in mysterious ways. No, what Microsoft said is instead of fixing it, they're just going to let system admins uh, enforce certificates. So instead of authenticating with a domain or with the Wi-Fi using normal channels, it's going to enforce certificate authentication to the Wi-Fi. Now, they can say that pretty confidently because if you have a phone that is authenticating to a domain over Wi-Fi, then that means you must have a system admin who is capable of doing this. So this should not affect... Let's put it this way. Um, Windows phones make up maybe 5.5% of the mobile market and of Windows phone users who have the phone, 
only 1% of them would even, this would even apply to, and even then it would only happen, I mean, Schmitty's right, one out of a million, so. Yeah, so hopefully if you are one with a Windows phone, hopefully it's because of work, and hopefully the work, the, the IT group that assigned it to you also is savvy enough to be able to secure it, so. Go see your IT representative today. <laughs> or just get the LTE version of your phone and bypass their annoying content filter proxy. Not that I'm speaking from experience or anything. <laughs> speaking of some more security breaches, because, um, you know, we love breaches. I, If you could just forget I ever said that. Um, HP printers could be giving out your Wi-Fi details. Now, obviously, these would be Wi-Fi-connected HP printers. Um, this is kind of a duh moment. I'm not sure why they waited until 2013 to announce this, considering these printers have been on the market for three and a half years already. Everyone's already kind of known that. I guess they just now realize that the information is much more available than they thought. Kind of like those Wi-Fi security cameras that came out a couple of years ago that everyone realized that you could just hop on and watch. Well, it's yeah. it's not just the printers that are doing this. They even they even I, I know in most business environments, or at least a lot of the high secure business environments, they're not even allowing you to have wireless mice and wireless keyboards because they don't know how the internet works. No, because the the fact that the, the, there's it, it, it's an, an unsecured connection to the computer. But it's yeah, it's Bluetooth. Yeah, specifically the the vulnerability in in these HP printers. I, I would have chimed in earlier, but I was hacking up along. Um, the the vulnerability comes from using uh, the WPS, which is the Wi-Fi protected setup. It makes it really easy to connect your devices to Wi-Fi. But on the flip side, it's really insecure. Uh, the way they they implemented it earlier, it um, thinks it looks fat. It doesn't like itself <laughs> in this dress. That's right. It's 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 the it's the special Wi-Fi connection protocol. Um, in order to in order to bypass it, you you can disable it on on your devices, but most people don't. Um, most new devices should be using the new WPS protocol, which I believe encrypts the admin passwords. But you know uh, what. This is going to make me sound like an idiot, too. I, I'm i a network admin by trade. I have been for many years. I'm not an unintelligent person. I've never gotten WPS to work right. Yeah, I, just, I just set it up manually because WPS is the bigger... Yeah, it's just a bigger pain in the butt than it's worth. Yeah, so if you're in doubt, just disable WPS. Make sure you check all your devices, especially your HP printers, and see if you can disable that. And if that doesn't work, then call Schmidt and he'll come set it up for you. Uh, <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> uh, so um, Microsoft has decided to stop marketing things by using um, psychotic little dancing girls and people dancing around boardroom tables like they're in a musical, and instead have decided to just go straight after Apple. Their latest bout of ads actually target the iPad Mini, the iPad, and now their latest ad, which is kind of ingenious, are targeting people who signed up for the Mobile Me service and gave them that. If you signed up for Apple's mobile me service, it gave you a, uh, I think, 10 gig um, limited time offer. You could have 10 gigs, but it's about to expire. And unlike other things like Dropbox, who does, who does this all the time, once it expires, you actually lose the 10 gig space. 
unless you actually pay to keep it. Which seems kind of dumb. Well, what Microsoft has done is they've decided to run an ad saying, hey, mobile me users, if you want to switch over to us, we'll let you keep 10 gig space and we'll throw another 15 on top. Basically giving them 25 gigs of online storage space. And considering that SkyDrive, soon to be named something else, who knows what, uh, is actually way better than mobile me, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a Microsoft fanboy, it actually is better. Um, this could be quite the deal for them. It could get everyone yeah. the Kool-Aid drinkers. On, on the other hand, I, I mean, what does this mean for, I mean, cause, cause Apple has the iCloud, uh, does does that transfer over to the iCloud, or do, are they doing anything to uh, help you with that? Well, if you have SkyDrive on your computer, you can install the little client, and the client is for Macs, too. And all you'd have to do is drag things from your mobile me folder to your SkyDrive folder. I'm sorry, SkyDrive no, I, was, I was talking about Apple transferring things from mobile me to iCloud. <clears throat> oh, well, no, they've kept the mobile me service. But, yeah, who knows what their plan is. I think that's the reason why they've said they're going to shut down after a certain amount of time is because they don't know what they're going to do either. So, Speaking of the cloud, did you guys hear about Google donating 79 patents to uh, shield the cloud from frivolous lawsuits? Hey, that's an awesome segue there, Stark. That was. That it's was a, impressive. It's almost as if you read it word for word. <laughs> <laughs> why, I have, because it's next in our document. <laughs> <laughs> we as professionals. Yeah, um, because there's been so many frivolous lawsuits suing everything up and down the tech industry, Google's kind of sick of it, and they're trying to protect the cloud by taking 79 patents that they own and donating them, so now it's open to everyone. Now, this isn't as altruistic as you might think, because when we know that now, even Schmitty, the most diehard Googler amongst us, knows now that... <laughs> Google is not as altruistic as they try. But since so much of their business strategy is tied up in cloud services, it only makes sense that the cloud be open for everyone. Yeah, they call it the Open Patent Non-Assertion Pledge. And I guess basically the, the way it was described in simple terms was a non-aggression pact that says anybody can use the technology described in the patents and as long as you don't, you don't plan to attack Google or something. Later on, they'll use this to reorganize it and uh, make it some sort of online NATO. <laughs> yeah. I got a feeling most people aren't going to understand that joke, but okay. <laughs> what is this NATO you speak of? <laughs> Get it? Online pact, Warsaw pact, yeah. non-aggression, yeah. <laughs> well, and speaking Shut. of Google, since we're going to segue into our next section... <laughs> Yeah, um, so stats have come out, and this really shouldn't be surprising to anyone after our um, our headline last week about who has the most tablets out there. But the Google Play Store is now, more downloads are happening out of there than happening out of the Apple App Store. And considering the fact that you, you can get from more than just Google Play, you can go to the Amazon App Store, this is actually kind of amazing. And never mind third-party sources, too. Yeah. Yeah, this is... Um, this is I seriously wonder if Apple's heydays are behind them in terms of iOS, at least until the next big shakeup. 
I'm, I'm not putting a nail in the coffin yet, Applers out there. Uh, I am, however, saying until the next huge shakeup, the next big reason, the next big draw to iOS, I'm wondering if we're just going to keep seeing iOS's market share shrink and shrink and shrink. Possibly. Possibly. Um, what's interesting to note is um, when I was looking at this, it's uh, although there are more downloads in the Google Play Store, the app revenue through the app through Apple's App Store is higher, and I and um, I was remembering a web comic a long time ago. I think by um, uh, Extra Life, he had a you know the um, iPhone users. They'd look at a ninety nine cent app and oh, only ninety nine cents. Sure, I'll download that. And then an Android user, ninety nine cents. I'm not going to pay for that and go find yeah. a free app. No, it's true. Just, um, Android people don't pay for things. <laughs> They yeah, just don't. I, I think I think you see a lot more in the Android App Store. There are tons of free apps, and most of them are ad supported. And Android users are generally okay with that, or or don't even see the ads, or use an ad blocker. So <laughs> that's it's a, it's a completely different culture. That's what I was just going to say. We root our phones and we install ad blockers, so we don't even see the ads. <laughs> so they're now unsupported. Apps, nice. Being so, a generic term. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, I, I mean, that being said, getting back to my point, I, I think be, even though the number of downloads in the Google Play Store is higher, I think because the app revenue is higher in the App Store, developers are still more inclined to to program for the iPhone first. Um, and that's that's coming from someone who's not really an iPhone fan, but is a developer, and and we go where the money is, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Google and apps, third-party apps have already been expanded over onto the Chromecast. Now, this is something we reported on two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, episodes on the show. Yeah, um, the Chromecast is a little uh, device that hooks into your MHL HDMI port and allows you to stream things over Wi-Fi. It's not even MHL. It's it's full. It's it's just plain HDMI. It'll work on any HDMI TV. They are so clever they got it working. Well, (laughs) the thing is, is that it's made by Google. It has access to the Google Play Store. So inevitably, people are going to hack the crap out of it. And third-party apps have already expanded it to so it can now play your local files. So you can actually start streaming files from your computer on your local network to your TV if Google allows it. Yeah, this is something that uh, Zook had talked before when we first talked about this, is that it wasn't going to allow you to, to uh, take your, your DVDs that you've put under your hard drive or even the videos you've already got there of your kids playing and just show them on your TV. And we thought sooner or later Google's going to have to realize we need this. Well, I think this is a step in the right direction. If, if, if developers are saying, we need this, here's your program, suddenly they need it. However, as stated in the headline, Google has to approve this, and we're still waiting to find out if they're going to approve it or not. Yeah. And even if they don't, mark my words, uh, it's only a matter of time till someone just hacks it on there anyway. I mean, heck, I was able to do it with an iPhone and an iPad before it was even allowed by Apple, so it's only a matter of time. Yeah. Well, I'll be getting one in uh, the next couple of weeks, so uh, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a full review on stolen droids. Uh, in, in other TV news, uh, a study has recently come out about Netflix watching. Mm-hmm. 
And it's funny because everyone's been talking about for a while now about cutting the cord, about switching to Netflix and switching to Roku and other things that, I mean, you don't have to watch TV. And you know what people have been finding? Even if you use Netflix, you're not cutting the cord. People who watch Netflix are still watching just as much TV. It's a supplemental, yeah. Well, and the Netflix CEO has said, we're not doing this. We're more like a HBO. We're going to be we're going to be a pro- content provider. And yes, they are. They are cutting into HBO. Even though they still watch HBO. <laughs> yeah. I th- I think this is actually just more indicative of Americans in general. It's not that oh, well, you gave me another source. Well, that means I'm going to cut back and start using this other source. It's simply, oh, you gave me this other source? Great. Now I can watch twice as much TV. <laughs> twice as many uh, chips. Yeah, exactly. This is, this is, I think this is more indicative of the American lifestyle. Oh, hey, awesome. Um, quarter pounders are now 50 cents instead of a dollar. Instead of only buying, uh, saving half their money, they just go out and buy two quarter pounders. <laughs> and, uh, you know, to quote Jim Gaffigan, it's all McDonald's. You know, Netflix, it's just McDonald's. It's all McDonald's. <laughs> I'm loving it. <laughs> Hot pocket. <laughs> it's McDonald's. <laughs> Just so you know, th- three of the four of us are as pale as Jim Gaffigan. He would approve. Yes. <laughs> uh, in other TV news, Cablevision um, might be ready to just give up on TV. Yeah, basically their CEO says that they rarely watch TV at all and that his kids prefer just to stream Netflix, kind of going in contradiction to the previous article we just had. Um, this is not an official announcement. This isn't any, anything that says it's officially happening. Um, but I'm wondering if they're just seeing the writing on the wall that the old delivery system is outdated and maybe it's better just to say, hey, we're going to become the ISP, here's the pipe, Go ahead and pay us to be your ISP and get your TV that way. Yep. So that, that's kind of funny. In fact, in a recent report, Cablevision is second only to Google Fiber in the amount of traffic they pull for Netflix. Mm-hmm. So I worded that a bit funny, but basically it means that they, they're they transferring a lot of Netflix and not a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. Um. In even more TV news, uh, there have been some more punches thrown in the sparring match between CBS and Time Warner. Uh, I'm unfortunately not real caught up on this headline. If one of you guys wants to carry it. So, um, for about a week or two now, um, CBS and Time Warner have been uh, battling out what they think should be available to customers and how it should be available. And what price. And at what price. And... um, uh, I think about a week ago, CBS started blocking Time Warner ISP customers from viewing things from CBS.com, um, and and I think just just barely there. I think they're Time Warner is starting to uh, <sighs> make a deal with them on a on an a la carte deal or something. Um, yeah, Time Warner basically said, "Why don't we give Why don't we give CBS an a la carte option so that if people really want it, they can buy it a la carte?" And didn't CBS say no to that? Yeah, I think they're they're still fighting that, um, but I, I think they're getting close to a, a resolution here. Um, Where well, they're going to have to because guess what's just around the corner? Football. 
yeah, this is this is gonna be this is gonna affect the NFL a lot. Um, and and you know the the only person that's hurting here is the customer. This is just driving more and more people to to torrent. So. <laughs> Makes me extreme. Actually, they they were saying that CBS is under the dome has has jumped in the amount of pirating that has happened. Um, because of this, all this fight going on, and you know what? It just makes me more happy that I get my TV over the air. Yeah, yeah. Going back to my original point that I made at the beginning of the show, piracy is availability. If you make yep. it available, people aren't going to steal your crap. Yep, yep. So th- this is obviously an ongoing thing. So we'll we'll keep up with it and uh, and let you know how that how that's going. So. We'll keep up on it even if it wasn't ongoing, because honestly, all the cart TV has been like, it's the holy grail. Yeah. For geek entertainment. Um, another holy grail may have, uh, lost its holy and grail like status. Sausage. Uh, <laughs> bitcoins. Bitcoins were originally developed as a way to transfer currency, to transfer funding from one site to another across the internet. In a way that wasn't um, regulated or restricted by borders, by countries, by sovereignty, and wasn't really traceable either. It wasn't meant for criminal activity, but obviously you can see why it was really popular amongst them. Well, a Texas federal judge has ruled that bitcoins are a legitimate currency. So, yay, congratulations, whoever it was that created bitcoins however that means that it is now regulated so thereby dumb guy question here what does it mean by legitimate i mean because because the dollar is backed by the u.s government the pound is backed by the british government and so on and so forth how does this become legitimate and how can it be regulated well, okay, um, that's that's pretty technical, and I actually don't have all the answers for that. Maybe someone rough can um, <laughs> let us know how that would work. But an unregulated currency would be like, say, bottle caps. Okay, let's take the uh, let's take the Fallout Three um, model here. Let's say that bottle caps. I use them as currency. Well, they're not regulated at all. So at one point, I could say, well, this bottle cap is worth two bucks. And then I could go out to the store and pick up a whole load of more bottle caps, and I'm suddenly that much richer because it's totally unregulated. Uh, and in that way, you can flood the market with whatever currency you want. By having a regulated currency, it says, no, 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 this has an actual real-world value somewhere. And that real-world real value isn't increasing, so there can't be too many more Bitcoins in this case, or too many more of this currency. You can't just suddenly flood the market with more of them. They can't come out of nowhere. So is this like in comparing the Japanese yen to the U.S. dollar and what the what the value is between the two? In a way, as best I understand the article, yeah. Your your analogy there, though, Zook, of you can't just make it come out of nowhere. That's what the Fed does. The Federal Reserve just prints money like it's going out of style. Yeah, but as as it was previously said by by Stark, it's still backed by the federal government. Bitcoins aren't really backed by anyone, and that's the part I don't really understand. Yeah. But what's really funny about this to me is the fact that part of the reason and part of the allure behind Bitcoins were they were unregulated. You couldn't track them. They could be worth anything. They could be transferred across international lines. They could be used for anything. 
And now they're so successful, they're now regulated. Therefore, the entire reason behind their creation is now moot. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Yeah, this may mean that we'll, we'll start seeing places like Mount Gox and, and other exchange places uh, being either monitored by the government or require that they uh, grab more personal information from, from account users. And it's going to probably drive most of Bitcoin's users uh, away from it. It's kind of kind of interesting, kind of scary at the same time. So now, with this kind of, as you said, making the whole point of the Bitcoin moot, do you think that we're going to see the Bitcoin demand and usage just completely dry up? Um, from my limited understanding, I'm going to say yes, because Bitcoin has a lot of. Let's put it this way: it's like BitTorrenting. Okay, BitTorrenting can be used for a lot of different things. It has a very good, strong uh, premise behind it. It's technically very strong, and it's very, very popular. However, its usage is primarily illegal. Yeah, BitTorrent is you take, an FTP program. If you take that, well, no, that's not entirely accurate. Well, okay, but generically, it's an FTP program. If you're gonna, yeah, if you're gonna simplify, it, yeah, that works. But if you take away the illegal purpose behind it, suddenly the reason to use it is suddenly much less compelling. Bitcoins have a lot of good reasons to use them. However, they're primarily used for illegal purposes. Yeah. You take away the illegal purposes, I don't think anyone's going to use them. Now, now keep in mind that this this article is talking about the U.S. government regulating Bitcoin, possibly. So it's still, uh, I mean, even if America or the United States gets cut off from using Bitcoin, that still leaves the rest of the world um, to use it as their currency. Oh. So, oh yeah, yeah, totally. You know, people in Europe can still use it as payment to drug runners. It's fine, but yeah, <laughs> we'll just use uh, you know Farmville coins or something. <laughs> Do you think this might have been some clever? Another light bulb just went off. You in Radio Land can't see it, but do you think this might have just been a real clever way? of the U.S. cashing in on illegal funding because anything that gets exchanged from one currency to another, a surcharge tax gets taken off the top. Mm-hmm. You never get a one-to-one trade. Hmm. You know, if, if I have, if I come back from Japan with like a thousand N and it's worth a hundred dollars, it's not right now, but let's say it was, just keep the tens. I can't take that into a bank and trade it in and get a hundred dollars. I always forward. lose some. Yeah. yeah. You think this is just kind of the U.S.'s way of saying, "Well, you know, we can't control right. bitcoins. We can't control what people are buying with them." But hey, we can at least make some money off of them. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> well, and we reported even uh, maybe a month ago where um, the DEA was using Bitcoin accounts to try to to catch drug dealers on Bitcoin, and so it's it's very possible that that the government not only has multiple accounts, but is using them um, for for their purposes. So they've got their, their hands in it as much as everyone else does. Clever, clever government. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's kind of interesting to see uh, something being so successful, it ironically moves itself right out of its own market. Hmm. Hmm. It's not the first we'll time talk. we've seen that, though, Napster. Well... Well, yeah, Napster, Cobain was another one that came to mind. <laughs> that was a little dark. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> that was a lot dark. And only 20, 
two percent of our audience got it. So, <laughs> yeah. If you don't know who Cobain was, you're not missing much. <laughs> Ooh, complaints Ouch. can be sent to feedback at stolendroids.com. Uh, hey, um, we have some other news from the government. Not from them. It's not like they sent us a wire. Lavabit, who I actually wasn't familiar with until I read this article, they have shut down doors. And it turns out that they were the preferred email provider for Edward Snowden. Snowden, if you have a 15-second memory, is the NSA whistleblower who is been on the run. I think he's still in Russia, actually. Yeah, I think They just, granted him asylum, I believe. For a year. Yeah, I think he, yeah, he now lives there in Russia. Yeah, for They're about two months he was recreating the movie Terminal. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, evidently, and they're not even allowed to say it. Let me, let me see if I can pull up the, uh, pull up the actual press release. Uh, Lavabit is an email provider that encrypts your email and keeps it secure and evidently was denying the government access to read Snowden's emails. And so, uh, they had the choice of either you either do this or you close doors. And so uh, his email, the uh, the press release release is this: My fellow users, I've been forced to make a difficult decision to become complicit in crimes against the American people or walk away from nearly ten years of hard work by shutting down Lavabit. After significant soul searching, I've decided to s- suspend operations. I wish I could legally share with you the events that led to my decision. I cannot. I feel you deserve to know what's going on. The First Amendment is supposed to guarantee me the freedom to speak out in situations like this. Unfortunately, Congress has passed laws that say otherwise. As things currently stand, I cannot share my experiences over the last six weeks, even though I have twice made the appropriate requests. So they are going to try and um, appeal it. But in the meantime, rather than go to prison and rather than hand information over, he's just shutting down and he's not even allowed to say why wow Though it's pr- pretty easy to figure out why at this point i find it more interesting that there was one last bastion of security that the nsa hadn't gotten into yeah <laughs> yeah which is why they wanted in so badly yeah. probably well it's funny is that the owner of lava bit uh, goes on to say I would strongly recommend anyone against trusting their private data to a company with physical ties to the United States. Um, and in my case, that means Google. So, and a lot <laughs> of our cases, something. that means Google. <laughs> yeah. Well, even in my case, that means Microsoft. And in other cases, that means Apple. Yeah. You know, it's hard to find a cloud company that is not in the U.S. You're left to trusting Kim.com. Which is a scary proposition. Mega.co. I don't want Mega.co. <laughs> Moco, mo problems. No, um, I'm really tired, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Those lights going above your head aren't just ideas. They're just, that's you getting sleepy. I, I, I'm actually hallucinating, yeah. Um, speaking of government monitoring, it turns out in Soviet Russia... No, we can't say that as a headline, because they haven't been Soviet for a while. Yeah, but it's the old joke. (laughs) It's the old joke. Yeah. Um, It turns out that um, the NSA is not the only government agency out there in the world who's reading all of our cell phone data. Uh, Reports have come out that uh, Russia is also doing it. 
And this, the way they're doing it is kind of weird. What they're doing is they're putting devices on the Moscow subway trains so that when you walk in, it reads your device. Now, the Moscow police has said, oh, this is so we can track your stolen phones. But they're tracking everything else in the process. Huh. I guess we should clarify then that they're not reading necessarily our cell phones. Right. Yeah, they're reading. They're reading your cell phone that you get on the Moscow subway. So I'm okay in Utah. Yeah, in Utah you're okay, but it's just that if if, if this technology's there in this the, location, there's, there's no Russian trains coming by yeah, my house. So but I if this technology's right. there, guess who's probably already had it for a while? <laughs> you know what this actually reminds me of? It reminds me a lot of Minority Report. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know when he's walking through there and and everywhere is reading his his retinas to track him and give him <laughs> ads or whatnot. And, you know, Zook, if you've got Russian trains coming to your house, I think having the contents of your cell phone read are the least of your worries. <laughs> How did you get to my door? There's no tracks for, like, miles. I think they were saying something that the China had this technology and was using it during the Beijing Olympics. A lot of people were saying that if you were if you were going to Beijing for the Olympics, either physically remove the the uh, battery from your phone if you were worried about getting hacked or or just don't bring your phone at all actually that doesn't surprise me because and I don't believe I'm releasing any classified information but if a government employee were to go overseas they had to take a special overseas phone to use just so that any secrets that were on your phone that you used in the states wouldn't get lost or wouldn't get hacked while you were overseas yeah like Mm -hmm. a burner and you know what's funny is like I bring up Minority Report because, and I'm not alone in that. I know it's almost cliche now to bring up and compare things to Minority Report, but I'll bet you, you give it like five, six years, this technology that's currently being used to invade your privacy and read your phone and check your emails and track you and whatnot is going to be used Minority Report style and is going to be used to deliver ad content to you as you walk onto a train. Or in Walmart or... In your grocery and store, if you, or and if you thought it was invading your privacy, now wait till it's shoving, you know, Cialis ads down your throat. Phrasing <laughs> when you're just on tra- when you're just trying to get onto a Russian train. Soder's <laughs> covering his eyes. The face palm is strong. With that. Oh, that's Speaking just a minority report. There's some Star Wars TV show news. <laughs> that's just such a horrible image, Zook. <laughs> the force is strong with this one. He's trying so hard to get us to move on. Lunch mini, try harder. Segway harder. I have a bad feeling about this. Sausage. <laughs> Stay on target. Stay on target. It's a trap. <laughs> Star Wars TV show. There's, that's another t-shirt just waiting to happen. Segway harder. <laughs> so ABC, um, who who is also owned by Disney, because let's face it, who nowadays isn't owned by Disney, uh, is talking to Lucasfilm, also owned by Disney, about a Star Wars TV show. Why don't they just give the title... The headline makes no sense here. It needs to be Disney talking to Disney about making another Disney show. <laughs> Because Disney think that would be great. If Disney would like to buy stolen droids. <laughs> How much is Disney going to offer Disney to give them a Disney show? 
Well, Disney's going to offer Disney a great deal on this Disney property. And no, we're not talking about them in third person. Well, we are, but they're not talking about themselves in third person. This, <laughs> no, watch. Disney this will is grammatically correct. Disney will screw it up, and then Disney will sue Disney for screwing it up. <laughs> I'm cool with it, just so long as Lucas stays the heck away. You mean you don't want to see Jar Jar Nato? No, I don't. I really, really don't. But, you know, I- I'm starting to wonder if... Disney is kind of overdoing it with the Star Wars, and we're going to see a saturation point where people are just like, really, another Star Wars thing? Crap, shut up. Go away. <laughs> it is supposed, um, it is supposed to be If we haven't titled, already hit that point, I don't know if we will. <laughs> it is supposed Touché. to be titled Star Wars Underworld, so uh, it might feature a lot of Gungans. <sighs> no, that's Underwater World. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Costner going to be in there? <laughs> oh, we are really losing it. <laughs> Let's just run through the last headline. This isn't even really a headline. It was supposed to be a talking point, but we've gone off the rails too many times, which is fun. We haven't done that for a while. Um, so Jeff Bezos has bought the Washington Post. If you don't know who that person is by name, it's the Amazon dude. And by which I don't mean, you know, buff female warrior. I mean... <laughs> Amazon.com... It also suggested that he buy the New York Times. What does this mean for the future of newspaper? Now, that is the question we had for you, and it's a question a lot of people are asking. I personally don't think it's going to change much. Rupert Murdoch, for instance, owns a whole bunch of stuff, including newspapers, and not much changes there. Right. I I see a huge increase in the quality of of e-news, because when we see what happened when Amazon bought... uh, what 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 company was it that they bought that got all the ebooks? Uh, so it, it, he's got tons of ebooks. They've got Audible.com. This could only make things better for Amazon and improve the quality of of news that we get. So in prepping for this article for this headline, when I saw it on the notes earlier, I found out the New York Times still gets seventy five percent of its revenue from its print services and its print ads. So, I don't think papers are going to go away. They may be suffering, but they're not going away. Well, Jeff Bezos said uh, a few years ago, I think, he said that the print newspaper is going to be completely gone within, I think he said, 12 years. And with the Kindle and the ability to deliver ebooks and whatnot the way they have, I think you're going to see a huge surge in digital distribution of newspapers. Yeah. Yeah. As Egon once said, back in the 80s, print is dead. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Let us know. Feedback at StoneDroids.com. Into our talking, into our favorites. <laughs> Sorry. We're skipping talking points. That's right. Uh, mine comes to us, um, courtesy of, well, if you haven't seen this already, uh, you probably will watch this a few times. Earlier this week, Daft Punk was scheduled to be on the Colbert Report, on Comedy Central's Colbert Report with Stephen Colbert. Instead, they canceled on him so they could quote unquote surprise everyone by uh, performing at the MTV VMAs. They canceled on him like two hours before filming the show, leaving him in an absolute lurch. So what did he do? Well, for one, he announced that they were going to be performing a surprise number on the MTV VMAs, and that's why they canceled. So. 
Hope that surprise was worth it. And another one, he took their song that they were going to perform and instead filled seven minutes of airtime dancing to it with different celebrity friends. At one point, leaving his studio and walking through the rest of the broadcast building into other people's studios as they're filming. Unannounced. And getting them unannounced and getting them to dance with them. And some of it's staged and some of it's not actually. It's quite funny. Um, Brian, uh, Ryan Cranston, who we talked about before as Lex Luthor, he's being interviewed for uh, his roles in, in Breaking Bad and uh, at one point, like, Stephen Colbert walks in and, you know, points to him, I want to dance with you. And he goes, me? Me? Sure. And the next thing you know, they're they're dancing. There's Jeff Bridges. There's Hugh Laurie. There's Henry Kissinger out of nowhere. Who <laughs> we haven't seen in a long time. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's atoning for all of his sins right now, evidently. Uh, yeah. So it's definitely fun. Um, it's definitely worth checking out. It's definitely also worth noting that you don't want to piss off Stephen Colbert. Because, um... He will drag you through the mud for it. They even got John Stewart on the Skype call. John Stewart has not been on the Daily Show for a while. He's out directing a movie, and they managed to wake him up in the middle of the night, get him on Skype, and get him dancing with it as well. So, <laughs> quite fun. Well, I think it's just generally a good idea to not piss off anybody who has their own TV show. So, and uh, a super PAC funding exactly. Yeah. Uh, my favorite this week, uh, we've talked a lot about Breaking Bad this week, Brian Cranston. Well, my favorite is Breaking Bad as a middle school musical. And it is exactly what it sounds like. Bunch of middle school kids on YouTube doing a musical of Breaking Bad. And kind of blue candy. <laughs> it is, it is probably the coolest thing I've seen in a, at least a week. So check it out. Nope. It should be specified. This isn't from an actual school. This is a, it's a, uh, a comedy a, thing. A or, an, yeah, it's a Rhett and Link video. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Although that would be awesome, and I would look forward if my daughter's middle school did that. I would be there. You would also be on Fox News. I probably would. <laughs> probably would. My favorite of the week is also the Breaking Bad Middle School Musical, so see you both. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, it was going to be my favorite, but Zoner beat me to it. Uh, so the uh, runner-up comes from the SciShow, um, the same guys that do uh, the Vlog Brothers and Mental Floss. Uh, I love their videos. Uh, I, I watch them pretty much every day. Uh, this one, this particular video is about the science of sweetness. They go into all the different types of sweeteners, artificial and and uh, organic, and uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, if you like educational stuff, check this out. All right, so my favorite uh, basically is a combination of peanut butter and chocolate. Uh, when that happens, uh, you, you get some really cool stuff. A bunch of guys got together and they said, hmm, we have a Star Trek animated series over here from the 70s. We have Archer, the television show, which is another animated series. What if we took the voice acting from Archer and added it to the Star Trek animated TV series? It is hilarious. They've only got two episodes so far, but I really like how, what they're doing with this. and I really like how they're where they're going. Check them out. It's called uh, Starcher Trek, and uh, it's it's actually pretty funny. If you love Archer, you're going to love this. 
Nice. All right. Well, that is our show for the week. Uh, again, we want you to uh, to let us know what you think. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Also, head on over to StolenDroids.com. Sign up. Let your voice be heard. Write what you want to write. What, write what's on your mind. Uh, head on over to Salt Lake Comic Con. Get your tickets. Get ready to see us. Get ready. Word to the wise. They're not done announcing guests yet. Even now, they still have more guests to announce. So you want to be a part of this. I know I do. Uh, until next time, though, cheers. End of line. One to beam up. Good day.